and your fellow redeemed in Christ. In his writing, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis noted, all that we call human history, money, poverty, ambition, war, prostitution, classes, empires, slavery, is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. In a brief essay some years ago, another author wrote, Idols are lifeless and therefore cannot impart life. Lifeless idols only make for lifeless people. When the initial titillation has passed, idolatry quickly yields to dryness and death. The signs of this spiritual exhaustion are everywhere in 21st century culture, which has become a culture of whatever. Not only the whatever of anything goes, but the whatever of and who cares anyway. This is the end result of a culture that has been built on idols of success, money, pleasure, self-indulgence, sex. Such a culture becomes slothful. The great prophet Isaiah in his 44th chapter tells us about a man who takes a piece of wood. One half he uses as fuel to cook his supper. The other half he carves into an idol. The prophet then writes in amazement at the blindness. They do not know nor understand for God has shut their eyes so that they cannot see and their hearts so that they cannot understand. And no one considers in his heart nor is there knowledge nor understanding to say, I have burned half of it in the fire. Yes, I have also baked bread on its coals. I have roasted meat and eaten it. And shall I make the rest of it an abomination? Shall I fall down before a block of wood? He feeds on ashes, a deceived heart has turned him aside. Scripture is not silent about idolatry, replacing the one true God with a plastic replica of our own design. As was true 3,000 years ago, so it remains true, idols cannot create life. Idols cannot save. All they can do is satisfy our sinful desires to make something in our own image, an image twisted by sin. They may have appearances similar to our own, mouths, eyes, ears, noses, hands, feet, throats, but there is no life. The conclusion of the psalmist is, those who make those idols are like them. There is finally no life to be found there. The contrast in Psalm 115 is between the mute and lifeless idols that we make, seeking our own glory centered on ourselves, and the triune God. And so the psalm begins with the petition, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory, because of your mercy, because of your truth. In the movie adaptation of Shakespeare's Henry V, by Kenneth Branagh, centering on the events of the Battle of Agincourt in 1415 that occurred actually on St. Crispin's Day, which occurs just two weeks from today. 
The English army led by Henry was heavily outnumbered by the French who had thousands of armored knights. Yet the English prevailed. And when Henry heard of the victory and the comparatively small number of English casualties compared to the massive amounts of the dead of the French, he asked for the Te Deum and the Non Nobis to be sung. The Non Nobis is the Latin translation of Psalm 115, verse 1. Non nobis domine, non nobis, sed nomini tuo da gloriam. Henry could only give thanks to God for the victory, since the odds were heavily against him and his small army. Henry did not achieve it, and he knew it. It was God who gave the victory. We might like to imagine that our victories will look like what Henry was given that day. Greatly outnumbered, faced with a great army, and yet victorious in the end. Well, that great victory has already been won by Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in his death, by which he defeated death, and by his rising to life again, by which he proclaimed his victory for us. This we know now by faith, trusting his mercy and truth. One day, that great last day, we will see it in all its glory. This is what Jesus has done for every one of you. He did this not by pointing you to an idol that cannot speak or walk or breathe, but pointing to himself, the Son who became one with us in our flesh and blood. However, for the time being, we live among the idols of this world, whether it be anything goes or who cares anyway, whether hedonism or apathy. Both are pathways of idolatry, pathways that may seem tantalizing or maybe just an easy way out. Our Lord wants us to open our eyes to the reality of what it means to seek something or someone other than himself. He wants us to see that idols are nothing. As Isaiah said, they're blocks of wood. Would you really worship such a thing that you yourself have made? To see the idols for what they are is part of our lives of repentance. We see where we have allowed our defenses to fail, where idols have gotten their footholds in our lives, and we repent, we confess, we pray for forgiveness from the one true God. And God hears that prayer, and he answers with mercy and truth. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. Praying Psalm 115 teaches us to speak to God of our idols, to confess their emptiness, and to turn to the one who is our help and our shield. Your help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. He is the maker. We are his creatures. To believe this is to give God the honor and glory that are rightly his, and to keep us from thinking we deserve the glory. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory. This is the prayer of the humble, 
the prayer of the needy, the prayer of the hurting. It is a prayer that relies on God alone, his word of truth, his word of mercy. And he is your help and your shield. He protects and keeps you. God grant you a humble faith in him alone. In Jesus' name, amen.